recently, Lengo Dean and Riondin Kennedy sat down with Tennessee State grad and current Rice University PhD student Terrence Rice Jr. for an in-depth conversation. Topics range from his introduction to engineering, obtaining internships, where he sees himself in the future, and much more. Stay tuned for CCG Media's presentation of A Conversation with Terrence Rice Jr. Featuring Lango Dean and Rayondin Kennedy. Good morning, everyone. This is Friday, February 21st. I think this is our first podcast of the year, um, if I'm not mistaken, Ray, the first uh, podcast of 2020. Um, and this morning, we're talking to Terrence Rice. Uh, he graduated from Tennessee State University in May of 2019, uh, got a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering uh, with a concentration in Computer Engineering and a pre pretty decent uh, GPA, 3.3 uh, uh, GPA or 3.4. Uh, he then moved on to Rice University. Uh, incidentally, I don't know, he's gonna, this is a good story. Did he choose Rice University because his last name is Rice? <laughs> uh, he'll tell us when he starts talking to us. Um, yeah, so right now he's, uh, more seriously, he's doing a, a master's degree uh, slash PhD in electrical and computer engineering um, and um, he's doing really wonderful stuff um, but before that he's also done internships at I'll just read some of them here for you Intel, um, Texas Instruments, TI, Lockheed Martin, Space uh, Systems, Eden Corporation, DTE Energy um, and also uh, he was an RA, a research assistant I think with uh, Tennessee State uh, DHS, Department of Homeland Security program. This man has been very busy and he also volunteers with the NASA Math and Science Academy. I don't know when he finds time to sleep. Welcome to the show, Mr. Rice. Um, I think maybe what we should start right at the beginning. What got you interested in engineering? Where did it all start for you? Because you, you've taken to engineering with a passion, obviously, with all these internships in various places, with some of the top employers and all the fun stuff that you're doing now. But where did it start for you? How did you get into engineering? Um, for me, I will say I started with engineering um, kind of at home with my dad. Um, we used to watch the Science Channel a lot and just um, a lot of different shows related to engineering. And he kind of spun my curiosity. So I based everything off the premise of being curious and then from there seeking the information. And so with that, uh, um, the curiosity was there and we had a trade school um, at my at my uh, high school back in Michigan. And from there, uh, it was a search class and I took two years of that. And then uh, I had to make a decision of like, what did I want to do coming out of college? And a lot of people don't have that uh, mindset of knowing what they want to do. So I, I took a leap of faith and uh, applied uh, electrical engineering to the electrical engineering department at Tennessee State University. And then from there, my curiosity just took off and um, it's kind of paid for like a future that I am pictured um, for me to have. And I knew deep down inside that engineering opened up a lot of doors and give me the future that I wanted for my life. That's wonderful. What does your dad do? Is he, is he also in STEM? Is he in 
a technical kind of does he do a technical kind of job? So uh, my father uh, works at the post office. Um, okay. But his curiosity bug is uh, kind of off the chain. <laughs> Wonderful. Sounds like me. Sounds like me. Okay. Um, I heard you say Michigan. So what made you choose Tennessee State University? Um, just wanted to get away, separate and grow. Uh, reflecting at the time, um, I had my, my stepmom in the equation, and I was looking at university colleges within the state. Um, and just from her guidance and just listening to her and taking her wisdom and applying it to you know my life, I, I took the leap of faith actually growing and going out of state and particularly looking at HBCUs, uh, trying to see how I can uh, understand more of my culture, see how we learn as engineers and, and designers and developers. And then from there, uh, making this transition um, down the line, eventually um, I got the wisdom to make the transition to see on the flip side of, of, of the PWI uh, standards of teaching and different things, but more particularly about Tennessee State University. Um, just wanted to get out of the state, see something different, and grow and develop uh, as, as a young adult. Wonderful. That's a great answer. Um, well, I think before you got to, I'm not sure, but there was a summer internship you did at DTE, which is based in Michigan, um, mm -hmm. where you spent time working as a power engineer. That was in the summer of 2015. From that internship, uh, your next one the following summer was at Eaton Corporation, where you worked as an industrial engineer. And then in the summer of six, uh, 17, you worked at Lockheed Martin uh, Space Systems as a system mission operations engineer. And then in 18, summer of 18, 2018, you were TI working as a semiconductors uh, test engineer. Uh, and then your last internship was at Intel uh, uh, in the uh, in 2019, where you worked as a software developer. You've had a range of experience, and your skills and software proficiencies include Python, assembly, C, um, um, C assembly, MATLAB, um, Spice, AutoCAD, Lean Six. I mean, you you cover you run the gamut basically. So what? What made you, because a lot of students, they do internships, but they don't do internships as consistently as you have done, and they don't seem to land internships as consistently in the industry that they want to work in as you have done. So how did you, how did you, how did you work that out so well? Um, so starting off, um, I kind of I asked myself, where do I want to go? What do I want to become? Um, and what kind of skill set, what kind of industry that I want to actually, um, you know, give it a test shot. So essentially, I look at internships as an opportunity for me to test something out for the summer for three to four months, uh, depending on how big or um, wise the summer is. So I kind of asked myself that question. So along my journey, starting off, um, I just wanted to just get an internship just to kind of build my repertoire up. But towards the end, you can kind of pick more directly what kind of field, what kind of industry you want to go into. And from there, that's where you can fine tune and actually figure out, you know, what is it you want to become? What industry do you want to, you know, put yourself in and not letting the world shape you, you shape the world. And that's kind of how I track my journey. Um, so essentially my, my, my equation of actually how I did, I, I self-reflected by myself. But then most importantly, I actually put it on my vision board. 
okay, this is the type of industry I want to go into. These are the top companies within that industry. And then from there, doing my research, my due diligence to actually see how I can navigate that and actually open up the opportunity for myself. Hmm. Wonderful. Well, um, you you kind of didn't do it all on your own because you have a very wide network. Um, mm -hmm. You are a, a member of a uh, Nesby, of course, uh, I uh, Triple E, um, and also what do, else do I see here? Amy uh, Inroads. You were an Inroads candidate in 2014. You were John Deere Scholar recipient, uh, Clemson STEM All In, Georgia Tech Focus Program. There's so many that you've been. So your network is really, really broad in the STEM enterprise. So being part of all of this also helped and the fact you know that that really helped you um i guess what i what i want to ask is what um what did you take away from all these internships if you have to give three or five tips to someone who is like just starting um a bachelor's degree um this year what would you say to them in terms of internships building up a network with various um um, chapters, engineering, um, professional engineering chapters on campus, what would be your best advice? Um, my best advice for anyone is uh, you kind of you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And so I say that to say is get out here, you know, get exposure, try to understand what's out here in the industry, and then best reflect on yourself to see what aligns with yourself. Um, See where you want to go. See what you envision for yourself. See where you can have impact. See where you can get fulfillment. And then from there, don't let anyone, you know, trajectory or trajectory of where you want to go and what you want to become. You design it. You design it. You got the power. You have the ability. And the thing is, I look at things from two sides, from actually like your personal side and then actually creating the system and the, 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 the structure for you to be able to successfully succeed within whatever you design and believe in. So uh, on the flip side of the system side, just going and getting involved. Um, so like one thing I actually like put on my vision board is being fearless and doubtless. So you have to take the leap of faith to actually being out there on a limb and putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and allowing yourself to grow. Um, and most importantly, to take away from what you learn from the system itself is being able to reflect. And that's when you really learn and see how you can navigate future um, endeavors. You're listening to A Conversation with Terrence Rice Jr. Featuring Lengo Dean and Rayondon Kennedy. Presented by CCG Media. It takes a lot of confidence, obviously, for you to be so involved in so many different things and to have worked in so many different places. Um, but in terms of when it comes to the world, the world of work was very different, of course, from from you, from college. But you kept going back and forth between these two worlds. You would do these internships, you'd come back to school, of course, and then you'd go back again. And and what do you right now? You're back. You you're back in an academic on the academic track. But what did you take away from the world of work? What were the main things that you took away? Um, ideally for like minority um speaking representatives in the workplace. Um we're we're still we're still being pioneers with the industry. 
Um, mm. So ideally, you have to think about it from that perspective that you may not see one that looks like you. You may not feel welcome and comfortable within like your environment. Um, and I look at things from a different perspective as in like I'm a pioneer and this is the legacy that I'm getting ready to build. That others behind me will have the opportunity to have a more welcoming environment. And it kind of stems from the person um, that you are and if you want to lead that legacy. Um, and for me, so like what I'm doing in my institution is I'm trying to create a pathway for others to come behind me and be able to create the legacy of opportunity for other people to be able to step in some of the doors that was kind of closed for me that I kind of opened up. So just being able to have that foresight and being able to not be uh, fearless and, and, and fearful about, you know, the situation itself and being able to, you know, stay encouraged, stay motivated, and knowing that, you know, some of these opportunities that you get yourself into will, will wage you a future that, you know, some other opportunities may not. So. Um, just being able to just trying to just keep pushing forward and knowing that being uncomfortable is sometimes good, but then also reflecting and seeing if that's what you want for your life. Excellent. What are you doing right now? And what impact, uh, how is it going to change the future? Um, so ideally for me, um, being in STEM and getting a higher degree in STEM is kind of uh where I want to lead um, at my institution. Um, so just being able to see how I can get more minority students uh, within our ECE department. I'm actually the only one in the whole department of ECE for a master's and PhD. Um, and that representation has to has to change. Um, and for that, um, I'm actively by recruiting and then trying to see how we can help on the structure and procedure side of getting more minority students in the door and giving them opportunity because it's a great opportunity to be able to come to one of the top institutions and have that exposure to some of the world's leaders and designers for the future. Um, so I definitely want to have uh, an everlasting impact for us to be able to influence the world because it's forever changing, especially within uh, STEM areas and especially within computer science and engineering. Great. Um, my colleague Ray told me that you work with drones and um, of course drones are like, you know, um, a lot of people know about them, a lot of people fly them, but what kind of research are you doing with drones at Rice and what would that mean for your future professionally? Um, so ideally with drones, uh, right now we have a course called 599 and uh, it's pretty much prepping us uh, for research, allowing us to know the process for research. Um, so right now I'm actually doing a drone defense um, type of system where we're actually using uh, MIMO, which is an antenna array, where you're allowed to be able to see more of what is going on in the space based on the spectrum um, of what you're analyzing. And for that, it's more from a, a defense standpoint of the Army, uh, Air Force, and kind of uh, different people that want to defend for drones, so just being able to detect the drone with the environment. And that's kind of the research that I'm starting out with. Um, but ideally, part of the reason why I went to grad school is to get the methodology of how to do research, how to think deeply and on a bigger scale. So most importantly, that that is what I want to take away. And then uh, just being able to apply it to every and anything that I'm curious about and that I want to actually explore is kind of my, my route of doing research, and uh, right now, drones is it. So, 
the uh, the area of drones you're working in is really going to help uh, our warfighters. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen all kinds of drones on TV. I've seen really tiny ones, and it recently, <laughs> I think it was just this week, I was looking at this. I mean, just for a minute, I was just sort of surfing, you know, TV, and then I just stopped for a minute because this dog was on a bed and he was kind of like poking around and I thought what is he looking at and then this little drone like it, almost the size of a butterfly <laughs> it was just kind of mm -hmm. zoomed past the dog and just went right up to the ceiling of the room so are those the kind of things you're working on the tiny little drones and the really big ones what what kind what, what kind of drones are you working on right now um so right now in the lab we have a pretty pretty big drone and uh okay. so we're doing a sensing of like the environment yeah um and and that's more from a pollution standpoint because here in the in houston area uh the problem is uh the actual air quality from the oil and gas rates okay. um so there's a lot of work going into that to try to analyze and track the pollution in the environment that way we can better predict and project you know to the, the population of you know the air quality and kind of you know um see how we can defend in some of those areas to actually you know see how the wind and a lot of just different science stuff that we want to mm -hmm. be able to know um so ideally it's, it's more from a sensitive standpoint um that's kind of the type of research that we're, we're doing right now but eventually i would like to open up to a lot of different things of uh, just algorithm based of uh, track planning and um, just different applications in different ways that haven't been done. Okay, so when you graduate in 2024 uh, with your master's slash PhD, are you gonna go work for the government um, in like a federal research lab or are you gonna go into industry? Um, so I'm in between with actually teaching or okay. doing some type of consulting. So I may just blend the two together and do consulting and teaching. Wonderful. That's great. Okay. Um, well, I've kept you, uh, <laughs> kept you uh, talking for about 10, 15 minutes now. I think Ray, uh, I'm sure Ray has other questions that he would like to ask you. So I'll step back for now. Hey, Terrence. Round two. <laughs> okay. But uh, I was going to drill down on, on your drone, but I think you, Blango covered it all. Um, Cause I, I, you're doing a lot of good work. You know, when I read through, you know, your LinkedIn and, and your, your resume, you're, you're, I'm surprised you got it all on, on one sheet of paper because the work and the research that you've been doing, um, I think is, is, is very necessary. You talked about uh, blazing a path so people can follow behind you. And I see that, you know, you have uh, uh, mentoring and, and, and you have a passion for giving back. And so my first question is, is where does that passion come from? You know, why is mentoring and giving back an important uh, value to you? Because um, I, I, I typically look at, you know, kind of our community as, as, as African-American. I see the lack of opportunity a lot of us have. And for me, um, I kind of just felt like I broke down some of those doors. And then again, through my network, I was able to, you know, get some of the things uh, to allow me to be in a position where I'm at right now. I just want to pay that forward. Um, I know that, you know, in some of the spaces that I'm in now, I may be the only one, and I know I can change that. Uh, just knowing that I'm the only one and I, I got in, that, you know, I can make it easier for someone else to get in, and I kind of just want to pay it forward, honestly. Absolutely. What are some of the things that you're doing to, to get back? Um, 
So right now, uh, specifically, but in the past, um, just a lot of one-on-one mentoring. Um, so just find individuals that I really can build up and help um, lead forward and, and kind of just open their eyes to the possibilities um, of what they can do and to get that experience and exposure um, in all these different areas that whether their curiosity can stretch them further to even want to do more. Certainly. So earlier in the interview, um, Lego kind of touched on it, um, you know, advice that you would have, and you were saying that um, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, what I want to do, Terrence, is take you back in your mind. We're going to go through time, and I want you to pretend that you're talking to 12-year-old Terrence Rice. What is mm-hmm. some advice that you would give to that young man uh, to, to assure his future? You know, What are some things that you didn't know then that you know now that you think would have been helpful? Um, first and foremost, uh, mentors. Um, trying to seek out people that is in a position where you want to go and trying to see how you can, you know, pick their brain and be as close to them as possible. Um, that way you can learn from them. And then also, as in mentorship, you have to have, like, the foresight of knowing that mentors, like, your mentors should grow over time. Like, they should get better, like, ideally. And having that foresight and knowing that, hey, this is a mentor, but this could be a lifelong mentor, but therefore, I know I want to grow and continue to grow and knowing that I may have to build a chain of as I go up. That sounds good. And so my last question for you, Terrence, is going to go the opposite direction. Where do you see Terrence Rice in five to ten years? What are you? What will you be doing? Um, what will we be working on? Uh, the future of your research and, and the work that you're doing now. Uh, where do you see Terrence Rice in five to ten years? Uh, five to ten years. Um, definitely teaching, consulting. Um, so having my own business within engineering and STEM, solving technical problems, um, but then also having the capacity to be able to give back, to give other minority students um, the opportunity to get into STEM, uh, definitely having a type of structure to allow that to be possible. And that's kind of what I'm building now, kind of the two sides of my business now for the future. Um, so um, I'm just trying to see more clearly how I can make that um, to the scale and to the capacity that I envision it. Well, Mr. Rice, that, that's uh, that's all I have for you. But I am looking forward to to interviewing you and again with your doctor, Terrence Rice. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a conversation with Terrence Rice Jr., featuring Lango Dean and Rayon Kennedy. Presented by CCG Media.